family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum, and we are the podcast that invites you to the kitchen table to experience the joy in the journey. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. And um, hi. Hi. How's it going? Good. It's, you have your NPR voice on. Do, do, do I have my... Yeah. What's the thing with, uh, what's the hoochits with Alec Baldwin and... Oh, sweaty balls? <laughs> I love, these are some tasty balls. <laughs> the, yeah. I can't remember what all they say, but I mean, the, that was fantastic. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should. SNL, Alec Baldwin... And who? But there, there are two actresses. Molly Shannon. Yes, Molly. Yes, Molly Shannon. Yeah. And I know who the other one is, but I I do forget her name. Yeah, she's in Mean Girls. Yeah. Uh, you forgot somebody's name. Who was in Mean Girls? I can never remember her name. What? Who are you? And what did you do with Sarah? It's Amanda. Now she's gonna. It starts with a G. Okay. It's a it's a kind of weird name. Anyway, well, while you're looking that up, I'll ask people. How do you spell sweaty? Uh, is there a, a is there a ch in there? That's a good question. Okay. So Craig and Sarah are puzzling this out right now. Oh, as okay, I got it. You got it. Hold on, let me find her name. Okay. Will you all check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and at our website, all at Normal with Autism? And we are also part of a wonderful project called Defining Us. Will you please go check out definingus.org? It is all about Extending humanity to all and um, equity in our school system. What her you find? name is Anna Gas Gastetter. Yes, yes, Gas- yes, yes. Gastetter. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't pronounce that right. <clears throat> That's okay. Uh, she's hilarious. Anna Gastier. Gastier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to hear the Don Pardo voice in my head. Yes, she to pronounce it correctly. She is great. Yeah. I think she's in the mom jean skit too. She's yes. in all the best skits. You know when they did that mom. Tina Fey wrote that one. When they did the whole mom skits, like when they, they did the hair, uh-huh. I couldn't go get my hair cut for like <laughs> months after I watched that skit because I was like, I don't want to be that girl. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Good job, Tina. Um, anything? Oh, let's talk for a minute about why we're inviting people to the table tonight. We're going to talk about mental health, mm. all things mental health mm-hmm. on this beautiful fall day. Because, <laughs> because May is mental health month and we want to get in, we want to feel our feelings. We want to get up all in our feels. So let's get up in them feels. Ugh. I don't <laughs> like the way you just said that sentence. Okay. Um, on this beautiful fall day, it is quite chilly out right now. Guys, it's 50 degrees in Ohio. Yes, it is. It's 50 degrees and it's overclassed. And overclassed. I can't talk. Overcast and cloudy. No, we and definitely do not have too much class. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's cloudy. It's windy. It's rainy. Um, my dog Rose is sad because she can't go out and get the bunny. Mm. So She yeah. just wants to kill that bunny. Why are you... I don't think she's I don't think that's no, no. She wants to meet it. She wants to play. She tries to kill me. She's definitely gonna try to kill that bunny. (laughs) 
You're just you're just sad because when she stands up, she's as tall as you are. Taller? What is going on? Oh, it's a rosy girl. She's a good fluff noodle. Yes, there is. She's completely ignoring me right now. I would too. Mm. So do you want to talk about mental health? Sure. Are you excited? Yeah. You look like it. Let's do it. Um, do I look depressed? <laughs> <laughs> because I am. Well, tell me, do you, can we start there? Can you tell me for a second, like, how are you feeling today? Today, at this moment in time, I'm feeling okay. Wonderful. I also take a lot of medication. (laughs) And go to therapy. Medicine is good. Therapy is good. We need to normalize talking about taking our medicine, Mm -hmm. our meds. Mm-hmm. and talking about going to therapy. Listen, if you can't make your own serotonin, store-bought is fine. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I don't care what Ina Garden says. What did she say? Just, like, have you ever watched Ina Garden? Yeah, the barefoot yeah. Contessa chick who and cooks. She, yeah, and she's just like, if you don't have your own lavender garden... Oh, you know, whatever. Store everyone lives in the Hamptons. Store bought is mine. She does have quite a beautiful house with her cute little husband. She does. I haven't watched her. Her face is annoying. I haven't watched her show forever. So let's talk about May being mental health month. Mm -hmm. Do we know why May is mental health month? Because April showers bring May flowers? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have to go Oh, I thought you up. had a re- no, Like, I thought I you knew and were asking me. No, I have no clue. I just know May is mental health month. You're going to look it up now? I'm going to look it up. Okay. Um, My well, Google history is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> while, while Sarah's looking that up, we can talk for a second about May being look, mental I health month. I typed in why is, and the first Google selection is why is my poop green? <laughs> I have never isn't typed that, that before. Wait a minute. Isn't that based on like what other people in your area are searching around I you too? I think so. I have Googled why is my eye twitching. <laughs> so that makes sense. I think, I think you should get a license to operate the Google search. <laughs> I don't think ever, anybody should just be allowed to operate it because you can send yourself down some rabbit holes. Oh, for sure. With the why is my eye twitching question. Guess what? Hmm. It's from anxiety. It's just like all my other problems. <laughs> no, well that's well that's what we're we're gonna talk a little bit about maybe some anxiety and some depression and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so May is Mental Health Month, and I'm here for it. It was established in 1949 to put a spotlight on the importance of mental health and wellness. 1949. In 1949. That seems. Um, that seems wrong. <laughs> Because they were still putting. It says 1949. Okay, well. But they were still institutionalizing people, like by the truckloads at that point. We will have to uh, maybe fact check that and workshop it a little bit and get this back to it. This is according to counseling.org. <clears throat> I don't know if counseling.org is, is necessarily a good source, so we'll have to we'll have to fact check. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying I don't know. So we'll have to fact check that and get back to it. Hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm here for it. I think we should be talking more about our mental health. I think um, we're working on the stigma a little bit. I think the stigma is still very much there. Mm -hmm. And I think any conversations we have 
about mental health are always helpful, productive, that kind of thing. Yes. So you may or may not know this, but I'm a therapist. But she's not your therapist. I'm not your therapist. She's kind of mine, though. I mean, only when we're on the plane. I get, um, they're called curbside consults a lot. What are the, what do you call them? Curbside consults. Do you ever have, they're like, hey, 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 I know you're a therapist. So what, like I get that people are like, hey, what's this rash? You work in a doctor's office. Look at my tonsils. And I'm there's like, I don't know. I don't know anything. There's a t-shirt. That. There's a t-shirt out there that says, keep talking. I'm diagnosing you. Mm-hmm. And I need, I need that for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, but no, but see, but, um, then other people like come at me, like, don't therapize me. And I'm like, really? I'm not. I promise I'm yeah. not. I know how to, I don't know if it's compartmentalize or turn it off or turn yeah. it on. It's Only not. Only work when you're getting paid. Right. That's my philosophy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I promise if I meet you, I promise I'm not diagnosing you. It's a fun little joke t-shirt thing to wear to think about, but I promise. But I'm, I might be. Now, see, now you're making people paranoid. We don't want to make the audience paranoid. Anyway, so, but I am, just in general, just being a human being, not um, just a therapist. Sorry, that was the loudest. (laughs) (laughs) was so loud. Um, Um, Craig bought me the cutest little baby bottle of Coke I've ever he seen. He did. He did. It's 13.2 ounces. It's, it's adorable. It's very cute. So I, I keep taking it. drinks and then making a lot of noise. So sorry. <laughs> I'm a big believer in feeling our feels. Yeah. That's kind of how I was raised as a therapist. And what I mean by that is when you go into therapy, you have to do so much time and practice underneath a senior therapist. Mm-hmm. So someone who's already, you know, been down that road, maybe five, 10 years ahead of you. And so what happens is after you go for like your undergraduate degree and then you get your master's degree, then you're expected to go out into the world and work for three years, about three years and, um, practice under someone who already knows what they're doing and they kind of sign off on you being able to be a good therapist or not. Um, so I was raised under a therapist who was a big believer in feeling your feelings. And that's pretty much the whole reason you go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Is so I'm that a big you can believer feel in disassociating so you don't have to feel the feelings mm-hmm. and just shoving them all way down deep until you have intestinal problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, keep in mind, yeah, uh, true, and we are in some ways because just because, like, it, part of the reason I want to do this series of our mental health podcasts over this month of May is I also want to help kind of demystify therapy. Mm-hmm. All right, pull back the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just a just a note in case you were wondering, your therapist has problems too. Yeah. And your therapist um, doesn't always, you know, handle things well, make good choices. You know, it, it's they're human too. Yeah. Trust me. And so um, just, you know, kind of, I guess, keeping that in mind, like your therapist doesn't have it all figured out. I feel like mine does, though. 
You think she's so? She's so awesome. She's pretty good. Yeah. She's and, amazing. <clears throat> and I think that's like, there are therapists out there that hit you like that. I know because I've either met them or, or worked with them. And I'm pretty lucky that the um, lady who's my mentor, she, I feel like she had it um, pretty much all together, has it pretty much all together. And the times that I feel like I've um, either done the best work as a therapist or um, learned my best stuff as a therapist, like it's been when they've showed me they're just human too. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have it all together. Um, I think her favorite thing to say to me is like, you know, she pees like everybody else or something mm. like that. So do you watch Bob's burgers? Mm -mm. Never mind. Do I need to start? Do I need to start watching it? Um, just one of the characters, Tina says, I put my bra on one boob at a time. Like, yeah, see, that's what I'm, and your therapist does also it, you know, if your therapist wears a bra, it, ha it happens one boob at a time. And I say that to say like, I, I'm not saying that to discourage people because I know people come to us sometimes and are like, you know, tell me what to do. And that's not what we're here for. Yeah. We're here to help build a relationship for folks and to allow you to have that space where you're able to kind of figure your own stuff out mm -hmm. in part because there's so much noise and crazy outside in the world. Mm -hmm. So where you come to is like a quiet space with another trusted person to say stuff out loud and for them to go, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or for them to be like, are you sure? You know, so. Yeah. Hopefully if you're in therapy, if you're listening to this and you're in therapy right now, hopefully that's how you're experiencing your relationship with your therapist is that number one, it is an actual relationship mm -hmm. you know you feel like you can speak to them number two you feel like they're holding space for you meaning like whatever you're bringing into the room you know they're not trying to shut things down but they're making bigger spaces for you to examine it and flip it over and figure it out and question and I don't know and feel your feelings and that kind of thing yeah hopefully that's how you're experiencing Sometimes when I have a really hard um, session, my therapist sends me YouTube links to Tina Fey videos. So can I tell you, I've stolen that. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. I've stolen that. When you told <laughs> me that, I was like, I'm going to do that. And that's, I mean, that's the other th great thing about um, colleagues and like, you know, meeting other therapists and things like that is that you kind of you hear from other folks like, this is what I do. And you're like, oh, that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I think I got to use that, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I also think it's very important while we're on the subject um, to acknowledge that um, being able to go to therapy is, mm. it's not accessible say, for everyone. Say that, say that. Like we are very privileged in that we're able to afford therapy um, luckily I was able to find someone that takes my insurance. It's getting ready to change. I don't know if she's going to take it anymore. Um, but I was able to find someone that takes my insurance, someone that was accepting new patients, someone that could work with my schedule. Um, therapy is very expensive, very expensive. Um, <clears throat> and it's not accessible for a lot of people. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, like COVID helped me out because, 
I was able to do my sessions over the phone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to drive 45 minutes to Mm -hmm. get to my sessions Mm -hmm. every other week. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, I also find it easier to talk about hard things on the phone when I don't have to make eye contact Mm -hmm. with someone while I tell them the worst things that have ever happened to me, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, you hear all the time like, oh, go to therapy. Therapy is great for you. And we're like, cool, I don't have $100 a week to spend on therapy. Like, I get that. I'm just now, like, and I started therapy last January. Um, It took me that long to be able to find someone that could work with me that I could afford. And I get it. It's hard. There's not enough resources at all. And um, I just want to... Make sure that we acknowledge how broken the system is and how difficult it is to get help. Amen. Yep. And, and oh, deep breath. what you're talking about um, is absolutely true. And um, <clears throat> uh, what we know is that insurance is literally the devil incarnate mm-hmm. on this earth. I believe insurance companies are. And I'm sorry if you hear that and you work for an insurance company. It's not you. I'm talking about like the idea of insurance. No, I worked for an insurance company. I agree. Yeah. They're pretty much what, what kills me is that we are making a profit off of people being sick. Yeah. And that is disgusting and it makes me sad and it breaks my heart. And, um, I am a proponent for universal health care. Pretty much like we, we need universal health care and people will say back to me, well, that means the government will control whatever. And I'm telling you now, right insurance, now insurance com- companies control. control it. Yeah. 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 And, and the whole, like, you have to, you'll have to wait three months to get a knee replacement. You try to go get a knee replacement without insurance. Tell exactly. me if it happens. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so when you're thinking about mental health and you're describing it, absolutely the hoops of that you're jumping through to try mm-hmm. to get to someone who you feel comfortable with. I mean, let's, let's just kind of speak plain on this if we can like mental health, going to therapy in and of itself, like you're going to call up a complete stranger right? and you're going to call them and be like, hi, I'm going to hear to tell you my deepest, darkest. Um, let's talk. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. no, no, no. And <laughs> there, why, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Well, it's because we need support as human beings. We're social creatures. Right. And so there are people out there like myself who are trained to listen, to really listen. Right. And to be that safe, supportive space for someone when they need it. Um, but just that idea alone, I think keeps people from accessing therapy. So just that idea alone. I know it does because it kept me from doing it. Right. And then you're going to add in there like uh, all the societal injustice Mm -hmm. that people face to try to get to a good therapist. Right. And that includes having money, having insurance, being able to go when the person's office hours Mm -hmm. are happening, having transportation, having childcare. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So I can tell you, um, experiencing the pandemic from the therapist side of things, I can tell you that I am, um, even though 
it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve. It's been a learning curve. I am all in support of telehealth therapy because that has made it possible not only for clients to come to me, but for me to go to clients. Oh yeah. And it makes it so that there, there's more flexibility for when I can work, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm a mom too. I have childcare issues too. Yeah. And I get it when people call me and say, I just can't come at those times cause I'm either working or childcare. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So I guess in a way the pandemic has, um, has given us some, like openings, mm-hmm. you know, um, because especially in Ohio, telehealth was kind of poo-pooed. Yeah. Especially when it came to mental health. Um, so the pandemic has given us some opening and it's given us some more clarity and insight into just how um, much the system is geared towards privilege. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think the pandemic has also left us with some pretty big feelings that we kind of don't know what to do with. And that's what I want to talk about Mm -hmm. for the next few minutes today. Yeah. Um, so I got sent an article from the New York times, the New York times sent it to you. They did. They, they were like, Hey Tara, can you talk about this on your podcast? Cause we know that's really impressive. How awesome you are. I don't know why I just said that. That was annoying. You're so mean. <laughs> no. So the New York times has an article. It's called, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. And I actually was sent this from the, um, supervision group that I attend with some other therapists and my mentor who runs it. Um, they had had this discussion and and they sent out this article. It was kind of what we were talking about. So let me ask you, before we start talking about this article, like, how have you been feeling since we're not in technically survival mode for the pandemic anymore? Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, that way. Well, I don't know. Like... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I think, I think for me, I am, uh, this, this article speaks, um, volumes to me because for the last couple of months I've been like, Oh, I just feel like I can't get started. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. So like there, I feel like I don't know what brings me joy anymore. Okay. Like I don't know myself. Okay. Say a little bit about that. Well, I don't know. Like, I know the things that worked before for, like, coping mechanisms or whatnot. Um, And I just can't, like, even if I know it will help, I can't make myself do it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, I could do that. Or... I could watch TikTok for two hours. <laughs> as long as win. you don't send me the videos like my dad does, I'm fine. Please don't send me the No, TikTok. I'm done sending you videos because you never respond to them. That's not true. I agree. And I have some of the same feeling. It's like, so here's what's happened. It's like we, w- we went in last year. Well, it's been over a year now. But we went in last year into this like everybody hold their breath because we don't know how bad this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And everything was shut down 
And for at least two weeks, we were all like, we love each other. It's okay. We're going to make it through this together. Yeah. And that lasted like two weeks. And then everybody started the end fighting because people yeah. would send around articles about killing off disabled and elderly people. And mm-hmm. that was kind of upsetting to some of us, mm-hmm. right? You know what it was like? Have you ever seen Gone with the Wind? Uh, multiple, multiple times. Best movie. Mm-hmm. Problematic, but mm-hmm. awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when like they're at Ashley's party yeah. And they're like, we just declared war. We're going to beat the Yankees in two weeks. And then the end of part one is like all their bodies laid out. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm, That's I'm what pro- I feel like is happening. <laughs> I'm processing the accent that you just did. It was dead on. It was perfect. <laughs> sure. Okay. I didn't know for the longest time that Vivian Lee was British. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's British. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yes, yes to all of that. Yes, I feel, yes, I feel like we went into this last year for about two weeks. We were like, we're all going to be in this together and fight it together. Then people sent around articles about like, it's okay for the disabled and elderly to die so we can move on. Mm -hmm. And then it went into, I think, complete survival mode, right? Like every day it was, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick. And it seemed to, I remember there were times during the summer where we were privileged enough to be able to go swimming, like our our family members have a pool Mm -hmm. and we could go swimming. And there was one point where we were all kind of sitting outside together and I I looked at Keith, I was like, it kind of feels like we're on vacation, Mm. you know? And that was like at just like the house, Mm -hmm. but it was because we were enjoying each other's company without the fear of death you know, yeah. or bringing death to a loved one. And then the winter hit. And to me, that really took me down a peg mm-hmm. because it went from like everyday survival, survival, survival. Don't get sick. Don't get sick. Don't get sick. And now we're kind of on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the numbers are starting to go down. The hospitalizations are starting to go down. People are getting their vaccines, that kind of thing. But I'm not, I'm not like jumping for joy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not like, woohoo. Well, when I'm seeing a lot of like, I got my vaccine. Why can't everything get back to normal? You know? And that, that still doesn't encapsulate the entire picture of, I think of, of what we're, what we're coming out the other side on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I see people um, I experienced people saying, well, the kids are back in school. Like Q is back in school five days a week now. Yeah. And they're like, the kids are back in school. We got to get them caught up. We got to get them caught up. And I'm like, dudes. Yeah. We are, we are kind of coming out the other side of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, we just went through a worldwide trauma. Right. Like a global trauma. Like, can we just stop and acknowledge that for a minute? Right. It's not the American way. <sighs> Capitalism stops for no one. Well, and I don't, I don't know if it's just an American thing. I think it's almost like a human thing. Like we don't want to slow down and acknowledge just how awful this has been mm-hmm. for everybody. And I mean, everybody is a collective because even though all of us have experienced this in a different way, 
you know, we've, we've all still witnessed a trauma, Mm -hmm. right. And we're just kind of now coming on the other side of it, except now in India. Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) so I don't know. It, it's just, it's, it's leaving, it's leaving me with the feeling of, I, I feel kind of aimless. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I, like I want to be excited. I want to be joyful um, because I, sh- I have everything to be grateful for. Like I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My parents, thank God, are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Finn has stayed healthy. Like he's been in school this whole time. Like I, I have really been okay throughout this whole thing. But I still have this sense of just like, yeah, like we are this affected and we weren't that affected. Yes. You know? Yes. And I kind of get it because staying busy is a trauma response because if I stay busy, I don't have to like slow down and feel those feels. Where did you learn that? Did you, is, is that one of the things in therapy that you've learned or yeah, yeah. So staying busy is a trauma response. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely. Well, I learned that on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> While I was <laughs> avoiding you know feeling my feels. Thank Jesus for TikTok. I've learned a we, lot on TikTok. Let me tell you what, if we did not have that, we would be in trouble. 100%. Exactly. You know what saved us? TikTok and Tiger King. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right, right. Nobody got their arm. I didn't get my arm bit off. No. Husband's still alive. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Right. Um, but yes, I mean, the, oh. she didn't kill him, by the way. You don't think I don't, so? I don't care what you say. You don't think so? So um, reading this article, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. Mm. That kind of that kind of hit home. So languish, when I look it up to define it, is lose or lack vitality, grow weak or feeble, failure to make progress or be successful. That's my entire life. No, stop it. So it's literally like you're getting up in the day. But it's kind of like we're living the keep the kids alive and take a shower kind of day. Mm -hmm. There doesn't, there's not like progress towards something. It's just like I got up and kept the kids alive. It's enough to just exist. Exactly. Exactly. So we've gone from, from survival mode to existing. That's where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, This article was written by a guy named... I'll find it here real quick. Um, It's from Adam Grant, and he is an organizational psychologist. Um, He does the same kind of work we do. He has a podcast. Amazing. I know. It's the TED Podcast. Hey, rate, review, and subscribe while we're talking about it. Please, thank you. It's the TED Podcast Work Life. Oh. Okay, so. I think I follow that one. Do you really? I've never listened to it. I just subscribed to it, so I would look smart to people that... (laughs) Looked over my shoulder. <laughs> um, there is a bonus episode that he put out on May 3rd um, about this article, The Blah That You're Feeling is called Languishing. So if, you, if you're if you not a reader, you can listen to the podcast piece mm. that he put out on it. 
But he has everything in there from like building an anti-racist workplace to the science of productive conflict. I think I'm going to have to listen to this. Um, so it's called Work Life with Adam Grant. Um, so he writes that he was experiencing this um, or he was seeing friends experience it. And he says it wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. And that's a ha- that's a hallmark of depression. Is I would like to know who we is because oh, him. Oh. it's not me. I'm not in that we. <laughs> you, so depression, a hallmark of that is feeling hopeless. He said we just felt joyless and somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out there's a name for that languishing. So not not feeling like I don't know. A while ago, towards the beginning of this, we did the podcast like the grind, mm-hmm. and the, and I akin it to like the chase and the grind from Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer said like you chase the Big Ten title, right, and then mm-hmm. you get it, and then it's the grind to keep it, right. And I said, that's kind of how it felt like with when Finn first got diagnosed, it was the chase to get his diagnosis, the chase to get his therapy set up, that kind of thing. Like there was a real energy, a real drive that I had to do that. But then we get into the grind and it's the grind of keeping all of that going, Mm -hmm. which and just the look on your face, like, yeah, yeah, that feels a lot harder. And probably people who are listening who care for disabled loved ones understand that. Yeah. The idea of you got all the services in place and now we got which is a miracle them. in itself exactly especially today yeah so i still don't have a provider still don't have a provider been looking for a year and a half yeah still don't have one um so then he goes on to say languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness the stagnation part kind of gets mm-hmm. me um it feels as if you're muddling through your days looking at your life through a foggy windshield and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Mm. And if it weren't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, again, because we're we're kind of coming out on the other end of this pandemic. And let's be honest, our leadership in the White House that was in previously didn't do a great job of acknowledging the fact that we were all experiencing a trauma. Mm-hmm. Right just had to get political didn't you i guess i guess so this idea of the stagnation speaks to me because that's kind of where i feel like i'm at now a little bit yeah that makes sense okay um you might recognize this if you're feeling like languishing dulls your motivation disrupts your ability to focus and triples the odds that you'll cut back on work that really speaks to me Mm mm-hmm Um, because I am in the mode now of what can I focus on? What can I really put my energy into? Yeah. That kind of thing. I increased my work schedule, like at the beginning of the pandemic. And I would just now like went to my boss and was like, can I not do that anymore? (laughs) And how did you, so how did you recognize, like, what did you feel in that? What did Kind of what was that process that you went through? Um, so <laughs> when I started um, hoping for diarrhea so I didn't have to go to work, <laughs> that might have that's when I was like, it. ooh, something's wrong here. Because I like my job and right. I love people I work with and I love my patients. Like, I love my job. Right. But I was like, I don't, I don't know what I can do this four days a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
hopefully I get sick. Mm-hmm. Like that's not was like, let's reassess. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, part of that was we were short staff, so we hired staff. So now I'm not really needed that fourth day, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I was just like, I can't like, this is too much for me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The too much feeling It's too much for four days a week. Like who am I? Um, Hello, you also have a full-time job with caring for Owen. I know. I just, I I want everyone to know that I realize how privileged I am and what a brat I sound like. And it sounds like you're experiencing some difficulties in your normal everyday life. yeah. Yeah. But then I have like guilt for not working as much as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. But see, isn't that's all part of the whole like go 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 push 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 do do hustle do culture. the hustle culture like productivity productivity productivity, and I'm like naps naps naps. I don't think I can ever because we have productivity and mental health right. We're supposed to see if we work for an agency like you're supposed to spend half your day with clients and half your day in paperwork pretty much. Mm-hmm. So like if you have an eight hour day, you're supposed to see at least four clients during that day. Yeah. And that may sound like, oh, that's no big deal. But mental health work is challenging. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Just a little bit. It's very rewarding, but it's also very challenging. Mm -hmm. So seeing four people a day every day or maybe even more, you know, some people push and see like five or six people a day, maybe even more. And I'm talking like hour long sessions, a lot of paperwork, a lot of mental energy. That's like, go, 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 do, do, do. And I will never be able to do that again. Yeah. I mean, if I, if, if push comes to shove, like something would happen to Keith and I would have to go back to work full time or whatever. Um, sure. I'm there. I'm in it to win it. And, um, the idea of productivity just, it, it kills my spirit yeah. big time. Like the, the, what I'm privileged enough to do now is see people as I see them. Right. And I'm not worried about like, oh, I've got to see five people today so I can meet my productivity quota. Right. Like how how much sense does that not make? <sighs> OK. We anyway. live in a, a poor profit healthcare. I know. System. Capitalism. It is, it is yes, it is. absolutely. And that's why it all needs to be burned down. <laughs> absolutely. It needs to happen. You we heard it here first, folks. Tear it down and start over again. <laughs> Universal health care, universal child care, down with insurance, make it happen. I'm on it. Okay. Okay. Um, Good luck with that. Yes. So um, part of the danger with languishing, though, is you might, this really hit me, you might not notice the dulling of delight or the dwindling of drive. Yeah. Yeah. So I started out the year doing the um, artist's way workbook. And that's mm-hmm. where you're supposed to write for like about an hour a morning, like three pages a day, that kind of thing. And I was really into it for about a month. Yeah. And then the dwind- it started to dwindle mm-hmm. for me. But I didn't notice that. Like the days would go by and I just wouldn't work on it. Yeah. And then you don't catch yourself slipping slowly into solitude. You're indifferent to your indifference. Yeah. Now you made a face at that. Well, because I was just thinking, um, <laughs> just this week, 
I had to download an app. It's called Tusk to help with um, what I need to do each day. Mm-hmm. And now I get a star if I wash my face. <laughs> and if I take my meds. I haven't gotten a star for exercise yet. Okay. <laughs> if I drink a gallon of water, I get a star. And like, these are things, like, I need a list to remind me to do basic self-care right. things. Right. Exactly. So let me kind of, let me kind of bring this back, right? Because we started talking out, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Like, focus on your mental health, taking care of your mental health. If you can have access to it, God, we need to fix that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, I can't believe in 2021. So to fix the mental health system, we need to fix the college tuition problem. Right. We need to fix, like, there's so many things that have to happen first. And we need more therapists of, um, black therapists, therapists of color. LGBTQ. Um, yep. 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 Cause yep. it's dominated by white women. Yeah. And then white men are next, mm-hmm. I think. Um, not to say that there aren't fantastic white men and women therapists out there, but I'm saying we need more, more people of color, more black therapists, more LGBTQ therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not only a, um, a money issue, it's a, there's not enough providers to go around because mm-hmm. who can afford to go to college for seven years mm-hmm. and then do a fellowship for three years mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then set up your practice mm-hmm. or join another practice. Like who can afford that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if we did fix our mental health system, it would fix so many other things. What what wouldn't it be amazing if there was like a thing we could take money from to put money into mental health? Oh my gosh, what would that hmm. be? I wonder. Hmm. Girl, we have a charity. A charity that you can donate to. A charity. A nonprofit to get rape kits tested. Mm. It's called End the Backlog. It's a great organization. Donate to them if you mm-hmm. can. A charity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get rape kits tested. Mm-hmm. When that should just be. Like, why do we need to raise money to have that happen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That should just be a fully funded thing from our government. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. And then we could, like, actually, like, lock up rapists. Right. Oh, it'd be so great. Right. Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay. So to kind of bring this full circle, May is Mental Health Month. We're talking about this kind of foggy feeling we have, this aimless feeling, this joyless feeling. Um, <sighs> encouraging people into therapy. I had a whole train of thought on this, and then my train just kind of derailed. But basically... My hope is that if you're recognizing any of these feelings, first feel your feelings, and that's what therapy will help you do. Identifying them, figuring out where you feel it in your body, and then being able to express it is very, very important. And that's what therapy can help you do. And I want to kind of debunk the myth that you need to be quote unquote crazy or you need to be like on the edge to go Mm -hmm. to therapy. No, you can just feel kind of blah 
and you can go see a therapist mm-hmm. if you have the resources to do so. That is completely fine. You don't have to be on the edge to go see a therapist. Yeah. Okay. And I think that that's an important point because I thought only crazy people go to therapy. No. No. And there's no such thing as crazy people. Crazy people. people. Right. Right. We need to we need to normalize talking about therapy, getting help with therapy, going to therapy, talking about taking your meds. Um and advocating for resources. Exactly. Exactly. So let yeah, go ahead. Um and just real quick, if you can't afford therapy, um there are, you know, a, lo- a lot of great organizations out there um, that you can even just look up to find more information mm-hmm. or um, to get resources, see if there's resources available, if they have grants or something like that. NAMI is a great one. Um, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, they have different support groups mm-hmm. and, and things going on. Um, Adam H is here in Ohio. Um, and I know that they help with with some things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places have like a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. I offer a sliding scale. A lot of therapists offer a sliding scale. And what that means is based on your individual um, stuff. And it, do- it doesn't mean that like you have to not make money, mm-hmm. right? It's just based on your individual circumstances and situations. Talk to your therapist and they'll work with you. Yeah. We've gotten financial assistance before for Owens therapy right. from the hospital. Right. Um, we got like a 40% discount. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are, there are options, but it takes energy to find those options. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. the thing that <laughs> sucks is that the things that would help you with your depression are things you can't do because you're depressed. Right. They're like, you should just eat right and exercise. I'm like, well, I'm too tired to exercise because I'm sad. Right. And, and what I want to get across is going to a skilled therapist is the person who will sit down with you and make room for that sadness. So you can identify it, feel it and express it. Mm -hmm. Right. But then they'll also help you learn to make room for your healing. Okay. It doesn't mean like your sadness is just going to go away. It means that they're going to help teach you to learn to make room for your healing. So, and to make, I call it like making, that's kind of like the Buddhist perspective, like making friends with your sadness, making friends with your anxiety, like sit them down and invite them in for tea and talk to it and find out what's really going on. That's what I do as a therapist. Aww. Do you like that? I love it. Okay. Um, also on normalwithautism.com, if you go to the Connect With Us page at the bottom there, we have links to the National Institute of Mental Health, um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health, and NAMI. So we have those links, and you can check those out wherever you're listening. Um, I know here in Ohio, one of the nearest and dearest, kind of close to my heart programs is the Loveland Foundation. Mm-hmm. With Rachel Cargill, and that is specifically for um, uh, black people, people of color, to take advantage of therapy sessions. I think they're paid for through the Loveland Foundation. Okay. So if you're a therapist or a mental health worker and listening to this, I think it would be good to support that cause, the Loveland Foundation. Um, are they? Can you look it up and see what their 
found out if it's .com or .org. Yeah. And then if you're a person listening and you need help, um, go check them out. And that might be something that's available to you. It's the lovelandfoundation.org. We can also put it in, in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get our research assistant and find some more. Yeah. Places. If you're interested in being our resource <laughs> assistant, do you, you want to be the research? Let assistant us know. To work for free. <laughs> so there's actually there's also um, I just I know that we like don't talk about this a lot on our um, podcast, but um, if your trauma is a result of some kind of abuse or something that has happened to you, um, there's also resources available for you. Um, Rain is a, uh, there's a national sexual assault hotline. Mm-hmm. Um, they're available 24 hours a day. You can talk to them. You can, um, you can get help. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you can't commit to, you know, seeing a therapist once a week, or I see mine every other week because I can't commit to once a week. Um, there's still other resources available for you out there. It just takes some some Googling and mm-hmm. uh, researching a bit. M- message me. I'll help you. I'll help you. And um, Mr. Uh, Adam Grant uh, gave us some suggestions to try, try to help with the languishing, the blah feeling, getting into the flow. So that's like getting into like a creative space or, you know, doing something that feeds your soul kind of thing. Um, he talked about having uninterrupted time. I, I need to be honest. Which again is a very privileged approach. True. Very true. I gave up zoom, some of my zoom meetings just because I can't like, don't get me wrong. Zoom is where it's at and there can be too much of it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have tried to look for that uninterrupted time. Yeah. Um, and then having small, small goals that you try to meet to try to get through that kind of blah feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. And listen, your self care, which when I, when I think of like on and there for time, I think of like self care, like to me, time is self care. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm an introvert. I need that time to recharge because it's exhausting mm-hmm. to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so where was I going with this? What was I going to say? Self-care. Oh, oh self care. So, um, you know, your self-care can be watching four episodes of The Office. No one is saying that can't be it. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. self-care can be watering all 42 of your plants. Is that how many you're up to right now? Don't judge me. <laughs> Actually, 45. I bought three yesterday. I know. Uh, you know, that can be, that's enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be some, like, big elaborate. You don't need to take a freaking bubble bath. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Especially if you don't really fit into the bubble bath. That would be me. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sitting here in my own dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. From my own body. Like, this Let's is not, not relaxing. <laughs> oh, oh. You know? Ew. What? Okay. That's gross. What are you talking about? Like, sitting in your own stuff no, like, in the bath. No, like, you, like, That's you why take, you take a, shower. a shower first, and then you have a bubble bath. What? So that you're clean. Who has time for that? I don't know. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no, you take it back to get clean. Oh. Okay, cut all this out. I'm okay. serious. I don't want to hear this again. <laughs> all right. And you know what else? You know what helps with the blah feeling? 
laughter. Yeah. So yeah. subscribe to Normal with Autism. <laughs> where we make trauma funny. <laughs> no. But you know who's hilarious? Oh, we gotta do um we gotta do our, our segments. Oh yeah. Let's do our yeah. take, take no, no shit on the vitamin segment. Okay, Stop. what's your and we need people to tell it like you need to get on and tell us. Like Craig, get, you wanna tell us any? Get us on Instagram or Facebook or our website. Just be like, take no shit, only vitamins. This is what's up, Sarah Tara. This is what I'm happy about. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh do you have one? You really put me on the spot there. Yeah, oh. yeah, I got one. Um Yep. <laughs> I read a really great book. Um, it's called The Firekeeper's Daughter. Ooh, that's very good. Fancy. Um, it is about a um um like indigenous tribe on a reservation and um there's I don't, I don't know how to describe it without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like drugs and there's like this secret investigation and there's a love story and it's just really good. Um, and it is by an author, a writer, <laughs> wrote this fire, book. The Firekeeper's Daughter. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. It was... Um, the Firekeeper's yeah, Daughter. Look at, look at the... Ooh, Look at the, the book cover. Isn't that's that pretty? Gorgeous. Uh, it's Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. Bole. B-O-U-L-L-E-Y. Um, okay, so I'll tell you, this is the summary. As a biracial, unenrolled tribal member and the product of a scandal, 18-year-old Donis Fontaine has never quite fit in, both in her hometown and on the nearby Ojibwe Reservation. I'm mm-hmm. so I'm so sorry. I'm not good at pronouncing things. <laughs> Donna dreams of studying medicine, but when her family is struck by tragedy, she puts her future on hold to care for her fragile mother. Mm-hmm. The only bright spot is meeting Jamie, the charming new recruit, charming new recruit on her brother Levi's hockey team. Yet even as Donis falls for Jamie, certain details don't add up, and she senses the dashing hockey star is hiding something. Everything comes to light when Donis witnesses a shocking murder, which is where this got me. You know it did. Mm-hmm. Thrusting her into the heart of a criminal investigation. Reluctantly, Donis agrees to go undercover, but secretly pursues her own investigation, tracking down the criminals with her knowledge of chemistry and traditional medicine. But the deceptions and deaths keep piling up, and soon the threat strikes too close to home. Now Donis must learn what it means to be a strong Anishawabe woman and how far she'll go to protect her community even if it tears apart the only world she's ever known okay then that's not amazing it does so here's what we're gonna do for the next podcast is we're gonna remind ourselves to look all of that up that we can't pronounce and learn to pronounce here's the thing i listened to the audiobook I should uh, know how to pronounce it. Okay. But I oh, that's, okay. All right. I highly suggest the audiobook. The author, you know what it is? It's like, I was like, read faster. I want to know what happens. And so I like. Because it's so good. So it wasn't like sticking into my brain. Okay. We'll um, figure it out. Yeah. But it takes place in the UP of Michigan. Oh, and hey. Like right across from the. Shout out to the UP. Yeah. Hmm. So I was like, I know where that is. Uh-huh. I know where Marquette is. Okay. So that was cool. Um, but it's good because it's like girl power. Like, 
You're smart indigenous and have chemistry. Girl power. Indigenous women. Yes. And it's it's so good. Okay. Wonderful. Um, what news do I have? Q got his temps. Oh. So now we're gonna learn to drink. You look like that's something that's. I don't not know why good. I had a visceral reaction to that. It's okay. I've been having it for a long time too. That's why it's taken this long for him to get it. But he got it. I'm very proud of him. He studied and he went and passed the test and he's got tabs now. And now we just have to teach him to learn to drive the two ton vehicle of death that can happen. You sound real confident in your son. I am very confident in him. It is the other people I worry about. Mm-hmm. At least that was what my mother always told me growing up. So, yes, I am very, I'm happy and yet completely frighteningly disturbed that the child that came from my body yeah. is old enough to be doing this. Yeah. So Sometimes I think about the fact that Caleb could get his temps in three years, mm-hmm. but he can't peel his own banana. Mm-hmm. And those things don't they don't compute. Go, they don't go together well yeah. at all. Can we do bop ba up ba 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 Trey Tucker news? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> he's, he's a rap star now. Oh god, is he really though? Instagram. I don't know. It's a really cute picture. He's is it just him in a in a Yankees cap? Because that was Limbiska in '96. <laughs> you remember back that far? Um, ask anyone I went to high school with how I feel about Limp Bizkit. Do you feel the same way you do about Hercules Mulligan? It, it was bad. A little bit. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> but he's cute. It's really embarrassing now. He's, he's in a recording studio with mics like ours and the little pop screen and sunglasses. And yeah, it's Aww. really cute. Okay. Bop it up, it up, up. Trey Tucker news. <laughs> now I feel like I need Tina Fey news. I'll get some. all right dude i think we're done as always uh here is to the highs and lows there is a a peacock exclusive tina fey show in production it's called girls by veva okay starring busy phillips okay uh so here is to the complexities in our journeys the joys and sorrows the highs and lows may those who observe us do so with compassion Especially for our amazing kiddos. What else do you want to say about Tina Fey? Girl, she is making a movie, a Mean Girls movie based on the musical that's based on her movie. Only Tina Fey could do that. Amazing. (sighs) Amazing. Tina Inception. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.